Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, and unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. This week, we are doing two cryptids. It's uh, been a while since cryptids. we had a cryptid episode. It's uh, been a little while. Not since we've been back. No, definitely not since then. I can't even, I have like no concept of time whatsoever. So no, time is an illusion. You could literally tell me we haven't done an episode like this in a year and I'd be like, probably. Sounds right. Sounds right. Yeah. Like a year sounds right for anything. Like <laughs> literally anything. So yeah, fair warning to anybody listening. I'm getting over like a cold, yep. not COVID. And don't know why I need to tell you that. You're not going to catch it from me. But right. <laughs> getting over a little bit of a cold. So the life of a toddler. Yes. Gray nose. Oh yeah. Gray nose very well um so yeah i sound a little maybe a little different and might clear my throat and i'm just warning you it's real annoying such is life but i'm gonna do my best you know i'm gonna hold it back to the point of tears if you don't like it just skip this episode damn it (laughs) (laughs) no don't skip it it's gonna be a good one but beware don't turn up the podcast too loud yeah (laughs) just be careful but um yeah no this is a fun one we I think I have two very different, I you know, I'm waiting, like, I'm sure there's going to be some weird right. connection between our two, because, like, that seems to always happen. Oh, yeah. Um, they seem to be relatively like, geographically linked. If you, yeah. If you ignore international borders. That's true. Like, as the crow flies. Yes. They are quite close, I think. Maybe. Well, I don't know. You don't know what part of Canada my thing is from, so. No, I have no idea. That may not yeah that may may be wrong but um there's gonna be something i feel like no matter what like obviously we have we always have two topics on a theme and so that there's that connection but i feel like we almost always come up with something where we're like oh shit right this is very similar so serendipity just you know sibling brains Mm. so it is your turn to go first this week word well word have you ever heard of slash what do you know about the Michigan dog man? I, you know what? I'm not even totally sure. Cause I know there's like various dog men, yes. <laughs> which is terrible. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I don't know that I've actually heard specifically about the Michigan dog man at all. Interesting. I had not. Well, so I follow several sort of like, like unknowable adjacent subreddits and the dog man thing has been something of like a, I just feel like it comes up relatively frequently lately of people seeing like dog men and like various blurry photos and stuff. Um, so it's been something that I became tangentially aware of, like, I don't know, in the last couple years. Um, but I never did like a deep dive into it. And uh, a couple weeks ago, or maybe, maybe not even a couple weeks ago, again, time is an illusion at some point in the past, yeah, the recent past, I saw some sighting that, was like hit me pretty hard and i was like you know what this is going to be my topic which we will get to at the end because it's super super recent um but yeah like you said like there's sort of like dog men throughout history and all around the world but the sort of like what seems to be the genesis of it in like modern minds is the michigan dog man um Hmm. it goes back to a sighting in 1887 in wexford county michigan so these dudes were logging out in the deep woods of michigan and they witnessed a seven foot tall blue-eyed or amber-eyed bipedal canine-like animal with the torso of a man and a fearsome howl that sounds like a human scream oh no yeah so that sounds awful um (laughs) yeah and uh, supposedly it appears in a 10-year cycle that falls on years ending in seven Whoa. Which is like a weird, like weird rule for a dog man to follow. Yeah. And I have a theory as to why that could come up, which we'll get into when, when I get into the theories part of it. So, um, but yeah, so, so that's sort of like the Genesis sighting of the dog as the quote Michigan dog man is 1887. But it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if you focus in on like a very narrow period of time, yes, that's the Genesis sighting. But again, people have been seeing dogmen throughout history and there's even reports going all the way back to like seventeen the 1700s, like 1794, these like French fur traders 
were in the area and they saw what they call the werewolf, essentially. Um, Oh, boy. And there's, of course, Native American legends that go back like, you know, Algonquins and the Ottawa tribes, which I guess is where Ottawa, Canada gets their name. But um, Hmm. there you go. Native American legends going back about not specifically necessarily the dogmen, but it's more of what we would call, I guess, um, skinwalkers or shapeshifters where, you know, it's like bad, bad magic people who are able to transform into various animals, one of which might be a dog or a wolf kind of situation. Probably more similar to a werewolf is what it sounds like, but werewolf is a more European phenomenon, I guess. Mm, yeah. Um. So, yeah, so that first incident, the two lumberjacks saw a creature having a man's body and a dog's head. Um, then <sighs> fast forward to 1937 in Paris, Michigan. Um, this guy was attacked by five wild dogs. But one of those five wild dogs walked on its two hind legs and seemed to be the oh. ringleader of the of the pack. Jesus, which is like, I don't know why that's so horrifying to me? Extra, I, if it's like just a one off, like one dude or one dog man, that's like right. scary. But for some reason, that's not as like terrifying as thinking that he's like the ringleader of like a pack of wild dogs, right? Because that means he's able like. to like interact with these wild dogs and like gain their like trust and respect and like is like a leader yeah which training them yeah it just speaks to like a level of like intelligence and like normalcy that is really unsettling to me yeah which and i don't know yet yet another like super muscular cryptid yes (laughs) (laughs) just like a ripped (laughs) ripped bipedal cryptid like why why is this so common? I don't know, man. People, oh. people in cryptids get a little, uh, yeah, get a little hot, hot around the collar, I guess. Yeah, like the descriptions are always like their muscles were glistening in the moonlight. It's just like, bro, it's like, dude, like, Jesus, go outside. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's disturbing. Uh, um, uh, but like, so, I get it. Like, we've all seen Mothman's butt. Look, that statue? Yeah. Nope, he's got a dump truck. He's got a dump truck. <laughs> Fucking Mothman. Uh, and you know what? Dogman probably does, too. You know, and it's like, I'm not clear, like, when they say that he's, like, has the head of a dog and the body of a man, is it, like, like just, like, a naked, hairless human torso? Or is it, like, covered in fur? Like, would it be, like, an anthropomorphized dog body that walks on his hind legs? Or would it be, like a human body with no hair and then the hair starts like at the neck. You right. know what I mean? Huh. That's interesting. I I feel like I'm just thinking of like the transformation scene from a I mean I guess either American Werewolf in London or The Howling. Have you seen The Howling? That's I like not. A not quite as good werewolf movie in my opinion, but the transformation scene I think is like scarier even than the American werewolf in London scene. Oh, wow. But like, since you're seeing the process, I feel like whenever I picture it, I picture it as like the middle ground of that, where it's sort of like a naked, sweaty human that <laughs> has like big patches of hair, but not like fully right. haired, hairy. <laughs> fully haired. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what, what I picture too. Like a weird, like, <sighs> like it doesn't look quite natural. Like it doesn't look like, I feel like if, if, if an animal evolved over time to be this weird chimera, it would be less fantastic. You would look at it and be like, fantastic as in like fantasy, not like fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking A. Like, I knew I knew what you meant, but then like hearing it again as you just being like, so fantastic. Fantastic. So- <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. See, we, like, we can't even get away from it, too. Expect... You also described it as, like, as like sweat-glistening human transforming into a werewolf. So. I mean, yeah. Transforming into a werewolf is apparently, like, a really hard... Like, I mean, how could it be That scene freaked me out. Yeah. It doesn't look no, pleasant. No, it couldn't be, like... No, because, like, his hands are, like, stretching to be longer, and, like, his... Like, ugh, that scene just... It fucks me up, and... Mm-hmm. Because you can, like, hear, like, bones breaking so that, like, the structure of his body can be different, and the... 
the scene in the howling like is just it's like the same like really uncomfortable looking transformation but then there's a a really close-up face scene of the werewolf like mostly or maybe entirely transformed and like the eyes are just like rolling like down and then up really slow and it's like scary enough that you you're like watching it frozen in horror and like i remember (laughs) wanting to look away and i was like i can't like this is too scary and uh, yeah it seems like it must just be like physically really difficult and painful well right and like again like what you were just saying like if if this were to be a human transforming into some sort of like wolf-like creature you can't just like shift like you can't just like sprout hair and then like your muscles would change like there would have to be like physical changes to like your bone structure to in order to like make this happen oh yeah and like would your knees bend back the wrong way like oh god right because like dogs back legs bend the wrong way i I don't know i don't know how the physiology works Oh, yeah. That's like, I think it's a terrible process. Oh, man, this makes me like really excited to do a full like werewolf episode. Oh, yeah. We'll get into some more werewolf stuff here. But I'm psyched. So the the behavior of the dog man is like more aggressive than than some cryptids. Like they Hmm. many of the sightings involve seeing dog man like like on the side of a road, like eating roadkill and then like being aggressive when it sees humans like it's almost like food aggression which makes sense oh, like yeah. it doesn't seem like there doesn't seem to be like a supernatural drive to the dog man like he's not trying to like specifically scare people and he's not trying to like i don't know do like weird like supernatural shit he's just like a dog man werewolf thing that's just trying to eat and if you're a human that comes upon this dog man when he's trying to eat it's going to like kind of be aggressive and like like lunge at you and stuff because it's trying to get you away from his food so it seems to be like pretty like natural behavior from this dog man not like weird witch kind of like witchcraft kind of deal it just seems like Mm. the the supernatural part of it is the fact that it's a human crossed with a dog right um yeah so brings us so there's I, i didn't write down all of the sightings because I would encourage people to go look online and read sightings because it's kind of hard sometimes like some sightings that some people find compelling did not seem super compelling to me and I don't know that ones that I would find compelling would be compelling to other people so just basically since like 1937 or whatever there's been like probably hundreds of sightings there's actually a thing called like the michigan dogman project that like catalogs them and puts them on a on a uh, a graph of like where it's seen in michigan um it's become a thing to the point where this like in the in the 80s this like local radio station recorded a song about dogman and it became kind of like a little local little local celebrity like in the same vein as like mothman to point pleasant which that's spurred awesome. a bunch of people to come forward with these sightings and so it kind of gets treated as this like kind of ridiculous thing because of its association with like this like dj in the 80s but <clears throat> that kind of like ignores the whole like hundred year history of the dog man that is actually like not fun or exciting it's actually just kind of like a kind of disturbing thing that people saw in the area mm. um and yeah it's 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 definitely a thing in Michigan. And then as you kind of spiral out from Michigan, there's sightings of things that could be also like the same sort of phenomenon or the same creature or the same group of creatures. Um, way, way, way back in episode 19 of Unknowable, um, you did an episode on the Beast of Bray Road. Yeah. Which was a similar sort of like wolf-like dogman creature in Wisconsin. And yep. if I'm remembering correctly, it was a pretty like, like short period of time that this thing was around. Like it wasn't like there were sightings for many years. It was just sort of like a contained time that it was at Bray Road or whatever. Yeah, I do think, yeah, and it was like a pretty small area. And I feel like there might have been a mention at the time, too, that like people, yeah, in like surrounding communities may have seen a creature that could have also been that. So that could be like weirdly tying together. Right. So it's like, <clears throat> I mean, there's like sightings of like dogmen as far as like Pennsylvania to the East. So it's just kind of like 
centralized in that like I don't know, like upper Midwest area where there seems to be the most and it's like dense woods, cold winters, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Um, and then it kind of gets fuzzier. Like what's a dog man and what's just like a, you know, a, like a different kind of cryptid or a different kind of like weird unknown animal sighting because unless you're specifically kind of looking for a dog man, like there's a lot of cryptids out there that have muzzles and are covered right. in fur so it can be kind of hard to distinguish like oh is this a dog man sighting or is this just like even like a like a, a bigfoot sighting like there's actually i in my research I, I saw a ton of photos that were like this is like either a, a sasquatch or a dog man because if you're looking at hmm. it straight on you can't necessarily see the muzzle you just see like the glowing eyes on like a shaggy kind of like body so you can't necessarily tell what it is you're like that's not natural but i don't know if it's a dog man or a sasquatch Right. Um, yeah. Which like category of unnatural does it go in? Right. Of unknowable. Hmm. Unknowable. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Because they are, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess similar sizes. Like I know Sasquatches are usually probably a little taller than seven feet, but like there's mm. definitely some that have been closer to that height. So mm. yeah, like from the front, it would just be, if you just saw it for a quick minute, you wouldn't really know. No. <clears throat> and... Again, mostly localized to the United States in terms of like the quote unquote dogman. But if you start to search like global sightings, every like Europe, Asia, um, there's a few that I saw f supposedly like photos taken in Africa. Um, oh, wow. And then brings me to Australia, the land where everything Ooh. is trying to kill you. Shout out to Scotto. Yes, <laughs> yes Scotto. So maybe our. One of our best fans ever. Oh, yeah. We love you, Scott. Yeah. We love you. Never change. Never change. Please keep listening. And, oh, he's, like, so encouraging. Oh. He'll comment on posts about new episodes, and he's, like, hyping us up for other people, being like, oh, you guys are, like, not going to believe this. It's so good. Right. Yeah, he's amazing. Also, how amazing must it be to be, like, listening to a podcast and then hear you shout it out in the podcast? I've never experienced that. Right? I've never experienced that either. I feel like I would love that. Yeah. So, so in Australia, hope you're having a good day, Scotto. Yes. <laughs> very recently, <laughs> this is the this is the sighting that like got me interested in Dogman, where I was like, oh shit, that sounds wild. And this just happened in like the Ooh, past okay. couple weeks. So this guy was on a like a kayak or a boat, like kayaking down a river and fishing. When he hears like kind of like twig snapping over like in the in the the woods along the river so he's still going he's like paddling down the river and so there's like trees on both sides lining the river so as he's going he notices that as he's paddling he's hearing something like taking long strides with each paddle he was making crashing oh, no. through the kind of underbrush along the river following his boat so he stopped for a bit and the sound stopped and he thought that was odd so when he started paddling again it started to like run alongside the boat again so it was clearly Ugh. like stalking him it's yeah. horrifying so yeah it's terrible he like noticed something like a dark shape in the trees and snapped a photo and you can find the photo those who are skeptical will say it's just pareidolia and it's just a dark tree in the background of like the other trees but it's pretty mm -hmm. unsettling when you zoom in on it and your eyes finally like find the shape and you see these like glowing white eyes and like a kind of like shaggy outline of what looks to be like a dog man. You can kind of see like the light from the side kind of like illuminates like a muzzle as well. <clears throat> and it's All staring right, it right straight at the camera. Oh, Jesus. Um. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. And it, yeah, again, it could be could be nothing. But. The fact that he was hearing this thing stalking him and then takes that photo, I'm inclined to believe that it was something, whether it was a dog man. Right. Some people said it could have been a kangaroo. Um, because mm, kangaroos they, are pretty scary. Yeah. I mean, dude, I don't want to live anywhere where there's a kangaroo. That sounds like no, hor they... horrible. There's that picture of like a kangaroo, like submerged up to its neck in like in like a lake. And there's like a caption like this kangaroo is waiting for you to get in the water so it can drown you. Never get in the oh water with a kangaroo. They're really good at drowning you. Bro, like, there are so many pictures of kangaroos where, like, they get up on their hind legs or whatever, 
And I mean, that actually, wow, that's like an interesting, not, I mean, kangaroos obviously don't exist in the United States, but or do wait, they? right? They're not in the United States at all, right? No. Well, I mean, unless it got sure. out somewhere, like it could have like escaped. Right. I was going to say like a kangaroo, I mean, probably hard to miss like those back legs because those don't look human or dog-like. Right. I think, I don't know how like straight can a kangaroo stand? I don't know. But all I'm saying is that the top half at least of a kangaroo like i've seen some kangaroos look like ripped adult men oh yeah in the top half and it's really weird it's horrible and i guess if you're like in like the dark like it could potentially i've actually seen that a kangaroo could have been an explanation for spring heel jack another unknowable episode dude that's wow like an escaped pretty good an escaped kangaroo which is why it's such a short period of time that the sightings happen and then it just disappears right so yeah, so he he's being he's being followed by this weird dog man down the river, and he ended up like he like that was sort of the end of it. He ended up like cutting his trip short, went back, left, and was like fuck that, and like was petrified for a month. He said just like looking at the photo and just like feeling this like uneasy feeling. Mm-hmm. And here's where my behavior diverges from this guy's because he decides to go back. To fish no. on that same river in the same spot, no, no. which is no, like the no. classic horror movie thing to do. Like, let's go back. Like, what's the worst that'll happen? Yeah. <clears throat> so he goes back. He's still going down the river. And all of a sudden he says, off to my right, I heard a bit of a bang and I could hear running. As it was running, oh. it was smashing trees out of the way. I don't know if they were breaking or he was hitting them. You couldn't see through the bush because it was so thick. So this thing is like running at a full sprint and somehow managing to like bend trees back or like just like the tree. It's like the trees don't even matter. That's how strong and fast this thing is running. Jesus. And he basically heard a a roaring. I had never heard anything like it in my life. It would roar and then it would breathe in. And then the breath it was taking was actually louder than the roar it was doing. What the fuck? Yeah. Like that is incredibly unsettling. Wow, um, that is, yeah. So he scrambled to get out of the water. Um, he said the creature just went to another level and it was crazy. I could hear in my head something saying, go now where you'll die. It wasn't my own voice, my own consciousness. It was something else. Jesus. Yeah. And he ended up running away. He didn't have any, he didn't have any like weapons on him. So it's not like he could fight the thing. So he ended up running away and making it out. And oh, I guess has never been back since. Yeah, like, I think that first time would have been enough for me, but... Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. Never would have been back to that spot. I probably would have Dude moved. needed, like, a little more proof. I would have moved Shit. to, like, a different continent if that happened. Yeah, that would have been it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I read that, and it was okay. just, like, like again, you know, was it was it a sort of cryptid? Who knows? But it was something. I, I have a hard time believing that all of that was just, like, a hallucination. Um, right. Or like some kind of pareidolia. Like I, I have a hard time thinking that all of that happened. Like if he saw like if he snapped that photo and that was it, I could see it just being pareidolia. Or if he had just heard something stalking him in the woods, then I could write it off. But the whole combination of all of those things happening in sort of like two distinct events. Like I have to think that he saw something and experienced something real. Yeah. And even if it was just like a rabid kangaroo, that's an awful thing. That's horrible. That's not, that doesn't make you feel any better. (laughs) Just because it's not (laughs) supernatural. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. I can see how that sighting was enough for you to be like, yep. This is it. So yeah. So is that, is that the dog man? He claims it was a dog man. Um, Is the dog man a sort of like a genre of cryptid? that can live on various consonants the way that like deer do, you know, or is it a, so I guess now we're going to get into sort of like theories. So number one, we'll just get the rational theory out of the way. Could be something like a bear, like those, that that original um, sighting in Michigan in the 1800s could have been a bear, like an emaciated bear that had like mange. And so it didn't have all of its fur and it was like too skinny to look like a bear. Um, you know, they have dog like snouts. They're related to dogs and they stand on their hind legs and that could have easily been a bear. Um, or some kind of, it could have been a person like with like shaggy hair or something that looked kind of like a dog. Um, basically like rational theory is that it's a misidentified 
regular ass animal. Right. Which yeah, you know, like Occam's razor could be correct. Yeah. Still like a a slightly messed up version of whatever animal. Like oh, yeah. if that is a bear, that's like a bear that's in a a bad way. Oh yeah. But that like that's an interesting one. I wouldn't really have thought too much about that. Like yeah, like a skinny bear with you know missing a lot of hair would look a lot different. Oh yeah. Than the bear that like you're expecting to see. Right. Um, okay. So that's one thing. Or like in the case of in Australia, it could have been a, a a kangaroo that was rabid or somehow looked unnatural for whatever reason. Um, but so my fun theory that I think makes a lot of sense. So the very first sighting in that in Michigan was the 1800s, but it goes there's legends going all the way back to the fur traders, like the French fur traders in like the 1700s. So Mm. 1700s is, you know, the United States. So 1794, I think was that first sighting. So you're post American revolution. You have this sort of like quote unquote undiscovered continent, undiscovered by white people continent. Um, And at that point, I think the United States was pretty well confined to like, I think Pennsylvania might've been like the farthest state to the West. So when you're in like Michigan and shit, you're in like, quote unquote, like undiscovered territory where there's no white people settlement settlements. So people so like white people making it that far west would have been like relatively rare. So I was reading a lot about werewolves. This got me into werewolves. I went down that whole rabbit hole and about how the idea that we think of in our pop culture as werewolves is a uniquely European phenomenon. And it comes from, um, you know, parts of like England, France, Germany, like all that sort of like trading stories in and around there. So what if werewolves are an actual phenomena that happened in Europe and it was confined to Europe? It was a sort of like unique species, the way that like a koala is confined to um, uh, Australia. Um and for whatever reason, because like it was hard, it was just hard to get places like the werewolf remained pretty well contained in like continental Europe. And then, you know, white people go west, they quote unquote discover America. And on one of those ships going across the ocean, there's a werewolf where it's either, you know, a full on like human dog hybrid chimera thing that stays that way all the time. That's like a stowaway. Or it's like a human that could transform into a werewolf, whatever your sort of belief on werewolves is, goes across and ends up sort of just fleeing farther and farther west to get away from people. Like it kind of knows like, oh shit, I like can't be around these towns because I'll like, you know, whenever I transform, I'll like kill people. Goes farther and farther west and ends up in the woods of Michigan because it's super dense woods. It's able to survive in like cold weather because of like the fur and whatnot. And that's what those fur traders saw in the 1700s and it ended up kind of setting up shop in those woods and then whatever crossbred with humans or wolves or however that works and so (laughs) it's a local endemic population of werewolves or dogmen however you want to call it um and that's sort of what has been seen throughout the years living there is this sort of like endemic population of werewolves and maybe they can transform back into humans and that's why there's no bodies ever found of dogmen because when they die they just turn back into humans oh yeah so interesting that's my that's my weird theory and then potentially them going to different continents is just a a, a, you know factor of globalization with planes and shit they some of them are relatively regular humans when they're humans and they go on planes and fly other places and end up living in other places the way that humans do. And that's why dog men are seen on like every continent. Huh. That's fascinating. That's my thing. They just like, interesting. I never really would have thought about either like the turning back into a human thing. Cause that's like a big thing with, I mean, a lot of cryptids, but right. definitely with things like that is like, Oh, why haven't we ever found like a dead one? Similar theory with Sasquatch that Sasquatch can turn right. back into a human or that it's a, a shape shifting human yeah or like a time not time traveler but dimension traveler and right like dies and then goes back to the its dimension or whatever the huh. shadow realm that's interesting yeah i like that 
I like the idea that they came over here and we're just like, whoops, now we're in the U.S. now. Yeah, right. Just as like a normal ass, of this. normal ass like colonizer, you know. That's crazy. And then yeah. and then you get just... into how did they start, and there's a whole extraterrestrial connection that could be like a DNA sort of like, you know how we do like dumb shit with animals, like well, like we took the the bioluminescent genes from like a jellyfish and we injected into a mouse, and then the mouse can oh, yeah. bioluminesce. We do shit like that for fun yeah. all the time. So yeah, what if do. there are extraterrestrials observing us that? you know, are just doing genetic experiments on the animals that live on the planet. And they're like, oh shit, there's these like wolf things. What if we like crossbred their DNA with this like human over here and they happen to be able to survive and procreate? That's like a fascinating theory for a lot of cryptids. Right. Just like aliens just fucking around with us. That's like what everything can boil down to. Oh yeah. Like a lot of our unknowable stuff that has like supernatural components can always boil down to just like aliens, aliens man just fucking around <laughs> just the x-files theory doing some shit yeah just everything is aliens huh that's a good one i have not i really didn't know anything about that so that was like all new information yeah yeah it was wild i like it yeah oh i definitely i like your theory i'm like i mean everybody listening to this knows from all of our cryptid episodes like we hate the misidentification theory oh, yeah. in any of the cryptid things because it's just like I don't know, i'm sure it could be true for some but like there's definitely some where it's like i don't know you know like mothman people seeing a giant winged human-sized thing with like glowing red eyes it's like you can't they're not gonna mistake anything else for that oh that yeah. like actually exists like that's just not a thing so there's a lot of stuff like that where i'm just like okay i know it's easy to say like oh it was just a bird or like a bear or whatever it's like okay yeah i'm sure that happens sometimes i'm not saying that every cryptid sighting like is the cryptid but right. there has to be some room for like this person definitely didn't see an animal that that we know exists oh yeah like yeah that thing running through the woods like <clears throat> what could possibly be doing that that is an animal that's normal to that area i don't know I could be totally wrong. Maybe we just want to believe it too bad, but we do want you know to what? believe. We do really badly. But man, well, that brings us to my cryptid, which is quite different from yours. I did a lake monster. Ooh. Um, I got a real quick just double check that I know how to pronounce this because <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Well, I think I know. Okay, no, it's right. All right, I did Ogopogo, Ooh. which is um, in Canadian folklore. The Ogopogo is a lake monster said to inhabit Okanagan Lake in British Columbia, Canada. So that's the westernmost province of Canada, kind of between the Pacific Ocean and the Rocky Mountains. Okay. <clears throat> um. So Okanagan, like, apologies in advance any canadians or indigenous peoples listening to this i'm gonna probably fuck up many of these uh names and titles Um, as we do as we do we do this with everything this is not special to anything but okanagan lake is in the okanagan valley um it's an 84 mile long lake that like seems really big jesus i don't know i don't know much about lakes but um (laughs) like two and a half or three miles wide and <laughs> I'm not an expert on lakes. <laughs> Are you shocked by this? Oh, that's good. You're like, dang, I thought, you know, it's one of those things, like, I literally, like, wanted to figure out the wording to Google, like, how big is Okanagan Lake, like, in, like, relative to other lakes? And I was like, I can't figure out how to Google that. But right. without looking at just, like, a list of deepest lakes in the world and, like, finding it on the list. Um but its maximum depth is like 761 feet. So it's the, I was able to find that it's the 15th deepest lake in Canada. So oh, wow. just FYI. Yeah. So the Ogopogo is typically depicted as like a long multi humped creature, either dark gray or like dark green. And then the head has been described as either like a snake an alligator or sometimes even like a horse. So weird. I feel like anybody who knows about lake monsters or like sea monsters, like you're probably all picturing roughly the same thing. So, oh, yeah. um, like a, ter- you know, typically a pterosaur or not pterosaur, whatever that dinosaur is with like, like, the yeah, long there's neck. like the long neck. Yeah. Like 
definitely oftentimes yeah pictures have like sort of a smooth head like that snake head or a little bit more textured and then yeah the horse head i feel like that is almost like like a very simplified like dragon shape head almost is what i'm picturing like for some reason i'm picturing the uh <laughs> the big boat ride at Funtown, mm. like that dragon <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah so shout out anybody in maine knows what i'm talking yeah, that about was a super specific reference but like i might be might be misremembering that but like that's the dragon head shape that i'm thinking um so yeah the some scholars have charted this creature's development from uh, First Nations folklore and like widespread water monster motifs. So First Nations are the groups of Canadian indigenous peoples. Um, they were people who lived south of the tree line and mainly south of the Arctic Circle. And like they have cultures that can span thousands of years. So this is potentially a creature that has been part of the folklore for a long, long time. Huh. Um and Okanagan Lake is named after the First Nations people who first inhabited the area, and it was created when melting glaciers flooded the valley 10,000 years ago. Oh, wow. So it's been there a long-ass time. Um, according to historian Mark M. Orkin, the creature received its name, quote, on a night in 1924 when the strains of an English music hall song were first heard in the city of Vernon, British Columbia. So these are a few lines from the song. <laughs> His... <laughs> His mother was an earwig. <laughs> His <laughs> father great, was a whale. <laughs> great stuff. <laughs> a little bit of head and hardly any tail and Ogopogo was his name. <laughs> I don't know why I like that so much. I'm laughing so hard and this is like some guy's like life work. It's like, I know. I worked it's so like some hard really special Oh, <laughs> Like an earwig and a whale. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't follow that, but... Um, and it gets even better. The creature may sometimes be referred to by the pet name. It's like O-G-G-Y. I don't know if that's Ogie or Augie. But uh, smaller hmm. creatures may be referred to as Ogopups. Ogopups. Oh, wow. So cute. It's adorable. <laughs> oh, my God. See, why is this cryptid not, like, horrifying? I don't know. It, like, the dog man, like, it gets viscerally a little creeps horrifying. me out. But, like, the Ogopogo just seems, like, kind of, like, genial to me. Yeah. It... It does seem like generally harmless. We'll see. There's a little bit of like, well, I'm about to get into it, so you'll hear. But <clears throat> it has a little bit of a darker history, but it may not be. It may have been painted in a bad light. Hmm. Um, so, okay. First, well, maybe like the second or third word that I'm going to totally butcher is um, the sequipemk, known in English as the shuswap people. Yeah, it's... It's spelled S-E-C-W-E-P-E-M-C. So, like, I'm hmm. very lost. Close um, That's one that I listened to the pronunciation and I still was like, I don't know. I don't know. Sequipemp. Pemp. People. Um, yeah, known in English as the Shuswap people. That I might be screwing that up, too. Um, and then the... I can't even try this one. S-Y-I-L-X people. Those are also known as the Okanagan people. Hmm. Um they regarded the Ogopogo, which they called the Naitaka, hmm. as, quote, an evil supernatural entity with great power and ill intent. So it's wow. got a little bit of a, a mixed history. Um, And then there's the word, let's see. I think it's Nahaha It. Dang it. I'm just butchering so much. I'm so sorry. <laughs> to anybody this is like uh, with the greatest respect i'm just terrible at pronouncing things oh yeah no um, disrespect but that's one of the words for it and each of those like syllables has a different word translation and so like all together it can kind of come together as like water demon or water god or like sacred creature of the water hmm. um in native lore naitaka demanded a live sacrifice for safe crossing of the lake so for hundreds of years First Nations people would sacrifice like small animals before entering the water. And oral traditions often described visiting a chief Timbasket who rejected the required sacrifice, denying the existence of the demon. Hmm. Um, and then I guess he went into the lake on a canoe with his family and Naitaka, AKA Ogopogo uh, quote, whipped up the surface of the lake with his long tail and the canoe and its occupants were sucked to the bottom of the lake. So, hmm. yeah. 
Apparently, the Naitaka was often described as using its tail to create fierce storms to drown victims. Wow. Um... In 1855, settler John McDougall claimed that his horses were sucked down into the water and nearly his canoe before he cut the line. According to Pat Raphael of the West Bank First Nation, which is a member nation of the larger Okanagan Nation Alliance, um, the demonic view of Nitaka kind of came about through miscommunication between Canada's early European settlers and the Okanagan people. So, to the Okanagan people, it is, like, in this, I wish I could, like, I can't even describe how this word is spelled because some of these letters, I don't even know totally what they are. Um, it's like N apostrophe X with like a little tiny V on top. A, another weird X, A-I-T-K, and then like a tiny W that floats. What? Hmm. Um, <laughs> which it kind of had in parentheses, it's pronounced Nahaha Itku. Okay. So again, I truly apologize. I mean don't disrespect i do not think these words are like funny or laughable i just wish that i knew better how to say them um but anyways to the okanagan this is a sacred spirit of the lake that protects the valley so it was said to dwell in caves under um something called rattlesnake island which is an island in the okanagan lake um aka monster island called such because uh the Naitaka is meant to live under there. So um, there's an 1872 sighting by Susan Allison. She was a Canadian author and a pioneer. Um, hers was the first like detailed Ogopogo account from a white settler. She, I guess, was the first non-native person to live in the region, establishing relations with the native peoples. Hmm. Um And like you said, there's a bunch of different sightings. I'm not going to go into all of them because there's a lot. And, you know, sightings tend to overlap and you kind of like years get jumbled and whatever. But yeah, yeah, there's a 1926 sighting claimed to have occurred at an Okanagan uh, mission beach. This was supposedly witnessed by like 30 cars of people who all claim to have seen the same thing. Hmm. Um, In 1968, a guy named Art Folden was driving on Highway 97, noticed something moving in the lake, and he pulled off the road and filmed what he claimed to be footage of the alleged creature showing, like, a large wake moving across the water. Um, He estimated that it was, like, 300 yards offshore, but they did a computer analysis. They did conclude that it was a solid three-dimensional object. Um, But I guess in 2005, there's a show, a National Geographic Channel TV show called Is It Real? And... They used, like, surveyor boats to find the actual distance of the creature and found that it was a lot closer than originally thought. And so the size and the speed were also smaller. So they thought that it was, you know, again, most likely a misidentified other creature. Hmm. Um, But, like, in the 1980s, a local tourism agency offered a cash reward for a proven sighting of the beast. And... Greenpeace announced that the beast must be filmed and not captured because the Ogopogo was listed as an endangered species. Oh, wow. Yeah, amazing. That makes sense to me. Yeah, right? Like, I don't know what this is. Hmm. Um, In 1980, around 50 tourists watched an alleged Ogopogo for about 45 minutes off a beach at uh, Kelowna. Kelowna? Kelowna. Hmm. Nearby nearby town. Um, And there was a tourist from Vancouver as part of that group that shot some eight millimeter film only like 10 seconds worth. But, and then of course, you know, skeptics think that it was just like a pair of otters they were watching, which seems a little crazy to me. Like I literally saw some otters swimming around the other day. There's a, have you, do you know there's otters at Evergreen Cemetery? Yeah. I found out about that. It's wild. Crazy. Yeah. And I was watching them swim around and I'm like, I can't imagine seeing, especially if it was further out in a lake, like seeing otters and thinking that it was like a huge lake monster. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like not. they, especially they how, how many people, big. 80 people. Yeah. Like a huge group yeah. of people. Some, somebody in that group yeah, would be like, dude, tours. those are fucking otters, man. Yeah. I would think that that would be not that easily mistakable. Like one person maybe, but like 50 people seeing it. I can't imagine that somebody wasn't like, dude, um, yeah, in 1989, a man named John Kirk reportedly saw an animal. He estimated 35 to 40 feet long and had five sleek jet black humps 
with a lashing tail huh. that he thought was swimming at like 25 miles an hour. Um, so like a lot of sightings like that where it's like, it is often one person, there's multiple group sightings. Um, but like 1992, there was a man, Paul DeMira videotaped quote, something or some things that were traveling just below the surface of the water at a fairly good speed, estimated like five miles an hour. But then a boat with a water skier like appears in frame and the skier falls into the water near the object. And I guess the guy, yeah, he videotaped a little bit, but um, like an FBI video specialist in 2005 looked at the video and said that it was like consistent with debris from a fallen tree, that Hmm. it was like bobbing up and down pretty slowly and that the supposed creature didn't react to the jet skier falling in or the water skier falling in and the skier didn't seem alarmed by there being like this creature near them. Hmm. So there's like a lot of stuff like that where it's like, "Mm," but um, I don't know. There were three sightings in 2018, including one, this guy with his brother and their families were having a picnic on one of the beaches at the lake. Um, and he said, quote, when you're sitting by the beach on a sunny day, you don't expect to see a dinosaur come out of the water. Um, <laughs> he said, Fair enough. I saw this black form come out of the water, cylindrical, and then roll. They likened it to a giant snake moving across the water and said it was like 50 feet long, hmm. which is pretty awesome. Um, there's a guy named Bill Stechuk who runs a website dedicated to the legend, um, ogopogoquest.com, in case anybody's curious. So his obsession began in 1978. He was driving over Lake Okanagan. There's a floating bridge, and he caught a glimpse of something in the waves. He said there were three humps in the water and a head that was like heading towards that uh, town, Kelowna. He said, before that, I was not a believer. So he dedicated his life to finding Ogopogo, he has led several like big expeditions to go look for Ogopogo and really didn't find anything until 2015. So he's like at this for years. He uh, was at the lake and spotted a large snake-like head popping out of the water about like 500 feet from shore. Hmm. So he grabbed his camera. He got a picture of like this round object breaking through the sort of glassy surface of the lake. And he's convinced that it's a picture of Ogopogo. Um, and I saw the picture. It does. I mean, I don't know what else it would be. It, it is like this odd round kind of shiny dark thing, like popping up out of the water. And, you know, according to his sighting, his like memory of it, you know, it wasn't like that thing was just floating on top. It was like, it had popped up out and then like went back under. Huh. So you would think that anything like, yeah, if there was something just floating in the water, it wouldn't, be going down and coming back up at least you think there'd be like a little bit more of a pattern to it it wouldn't be like randomly surfacing right exactly which is fascinating and like it's fun to look at that picture and think like that could be the head of and it is a very like snake-like head like it just looks very smooth Hmm. and round um it's a great picture so his theory is that the lake may be home to dozens of these serpents um his theory is that since eons ago the lake was open to the ocean that you know they came in from the ocean and now they live in this lake um it's like a classic like lake monster thing they like think that oh um, yeah the loch ness monster that there's like an underwater tunnel that connects the lock to the ocean and that's what's swimming in and out of there Mm. yeah which explains like yeah both explains how something like that could get into the lake and then with that it explains like why it's not cited as much because it can like make its way out to the ocean where obviously it's got way more freedom. Right. Um, yeah, it's like scientists, I guess have put forth a theory that unlike Loch Ness monster, um, that the Lake Okanagan quote resident (laughs) is probably a form of a primitive whale, a Bacillosaurus setoids. Huh? Oh my God. So embarrassing. Um, which makes sense because people, are either thinking that these sightings are logs or are describing this creature as sort of log-like, like very cylindrical, <clears throat> snake-like, all that stuff. So that would kind of make some sense. Right. Um, and yeah, because of the sheer number of reported sightings, again, that the website, um, 
I'm going to say it was. OgopogoQuest.com is just like any of these sites. It's a place where you can put your sightings. You can, you know, talk about times that you've seen Ogopogo and where you were and all that stuff. Right. Um, so there are a lot in various parts of the lake. So a lot of people do believe that something exists. Um, the consensus seems to be that it's possibly a species that has survived due to the depth of the lake. Again, it's a very deep lake and it's cooler temperatures. Um, I think I read too that like in the past maybe 20 years, it's frozen over like seven or eight times. Huh. So it's, and like seasonally cooler temperatures and decreased boat activity in the fall could explain like a majority of the sightings are usually between like late August and early October. That would make sense. So would make sense. Um, and then I found an interesting article from actually April of this year that was talking to a woman. Okay. This is the name that I'm going to screw up really bad. I'm not even going to try to say it. <laughs> um, her real name is spelled X W A Y L U X A L Q S. So, huh? I'm not going to even attempt to butcher that. No, me neither. But her English name is Trisha Manuel. She is a traditional knowledge keeper of the Okanagan people, and one of her responsibilities is feeding this creature. Oh, wow. So she says one of her cultural responsibilities is to remind her community about the importance of feeding um, Naitaka or Ogopogo. Hmm. She said that's, the again, the name, uh, the Enhahaitka name, literally means there is a sacred being in the water. So she says it's important to their people that this creature reminds them of the sacredness of the water. And she said part of what she does all the time is to remind the ones that I work with that we are all made up of water. Um, And so she said, like, really interesting perspective that my, you know, essentially white privilege has never even made me think about and probably applies to a lot of different cryptids. She said she sees you know, stuffies of Ogopogo and people diving in the lake to try to catch a sighting. And she feels quote, that's minimizing and tokenizing something that's sacred to the original peoples of this land. White people do that. No. Yeah. Right. Like crazy that we would take something sacred and important to a whole culture and make it into like a funny gag. Yep. Um, I never thought about that and I feel terrible. And obviously not every, cryptid has a sort of history like this so it doesn't apply to every single one but there are a lot that have their roots in this more um you know like they were a feared or revered thing in these cultures for thousands of years and so yeah i never really thought about the fact that like there being you know t-shirts and stuff with this creature on them and like it being like a funny cartoony thing could be disrespectful really to be like making a joke in a way of this or like, yeah, like trying to get pictures and trying to like seek it out and almost like bother this creature when as far as they are believing and you know, they're the ones who came up with this to begin with discovered this to begin with that this creature is there protecting this water and protecting them. And yeah, so it's kind of shitty in a way that people are like out there just, you know, wanting to like get a video and like out on boats trying to find it and obviously nobody i mean i don't think typically anybody's trying to like catch or kill these creatures but still just the fact that they're out there like getting up in his business and trying to just for their own sake of like i want to get a picture i want to show people that i saw it like i just never i never thought of it that way and like reading that sentence i was like oh shit right like he puts a whole different perspective on like the hunt for a cryptid yeah. Like you never even stop to ask yourself, wait, should we be hunting for this cryptid at all? Yeah. It's a really sad thing to think about that. Yeah. I mean, I like, again, a perfect example of like, that is exactly what that type of privilege or like living a totally different life is, is that like, I never thought of it from that perspective right. ever. And me neither. The fact that this article was written in April, 2021, this was like just a few months ago. Um, pretty wild yeah she said she remembers a time when um, respected elder late joey pierre whom she fondly called uncle told her about how he would go out in a rowboat to feed um naitaka and so he passed the ceremony on to her 
he, you know, asking her to continue the work so their people wouldn't get lost. Um, so she said, like, to give Naitaka these sort of sacrifices, um, typically, like, the men in the community and the boys will go out on the boat and, you know, fish and stuff like that. And uh, the women will stand on shore and sing and pray for Naitaka, asking him to keep the water clean and clear and protect the people. So her brother, like, takes these, you know, boys in the community out to do that, to teach them that that's, that's what they do. And then her and the girls stay on the shore. Um, yeah, she said, you're supposed to acknowledge Naitaka and ask him for what you want and tell him thank you for being here. You're not supposed to disrespect him and you're not supposed to try and call him to you. You're not hmm. supposed to say, well, where are you? I need you. Come help me. So, and like her whole thing is, you know, teaching her community these traditions that have been lost to colonization. Um, so, yeah, that was a really wild perspective. And I was just so surprised to see that article so recent just in my research was like, oh, wow, this was not very long ago that these, you know, this woman was interviewed and and they were talking about this. So it's definitely a huge part of the kind of community in that area that this is a thing. And I think that's part of it too, is that, um, I don't know, some of the mistakenness of this, I guess, is like, when we get this kind of leads right into the theories, which is there's a, an author who's sort of a skeptic, uh, Benjamin Radford. And he said that, you know, these contemporary sightings of Ogopogo were most likely, again, misidentifications of other animals, waterfowl, otters, beavers. Um, and he added that the first Nations stories were not really referring to a literal lake monster like Ogopogo, but more of like a legendary water spirit. Right. So that's kind of like how it happens with a lot of these stories is like it starts off like that. And then at some point we add this kind of like biological, physical beast to it. And that might not really be what um, what was intended. Maybe it was. Maybe some of these stories were people, you know, saying that they actually saw this creature. But in some cases it is kind of like a, yeah, a more supernatural spirit rather than a physical animal or creature. Hmm. So there's that there's a, you know, definitely the otters is a popular thing. Um, and I guess one thing I forgot about talking about that a minute ago was that it's said that otters often swim in a row and their motion can be mistaken for like one continuous serpent. So hmm. that could be part of it. Maybe like it's not so much that people are seeing like an individual otter, but if there were like three or four or five otters, and they were all kind of like bobbing up and down on the surface of the water in a row that could look very much like a sleek, dark thing that has like humps coming out of the water. Interesting. Which is very interesting. And of course, doesn't explain all the sightings. There's various things that people have seen that don't match up to that. But right. I had never really thought about that before. Like, oh, that from a distance could look like something with humps. That makes some um, sense. Yeah, I kind of was like, okay, um, of course, like floating logs, wave formations, even like if you saw a weird wave formation from a distance, if you were on the shore, you might think that that was something coming out of the water when it's just the water itself. Um, there are sturgeon are often mistaken as lake monsters because they can get really big, but I guess it's unclear if sturgeon actually live in um, Lake Okanagan. So that is not a totally certain theory. Interesting. And then, uh, yeah. And then again, that the author, that's the skeptic, Benjamin Radford, he has kind of delved a little bit into the first nation stories talking about, um, there being like these columns of like almost like a tornado type of thing coming up out of the water. And that was sort of like part of their justification for there being this, this water spirit, um, and I guess there's actually a thing called water spouts that are fairly common on Okanagan Lake that form when air temperatures drop and the lake still has relatively warm water temperature. Hmm. And they are like literal columns of air and water mist, like whirling columns That's that wild. can be as dangerous as tornadoes. I know. What the fuck? Like <sighs> you Google that and look at pictures. It's fucking unreal. Like it looks like a little tornado on the water, like on the lake. That sounds fake. Um, 
I, exactly. Like I Googled that and I was like, no, no. And that's like a common thing on this lake. So I could definitely see that that could be seen. I mean, if I saw that today, I'd be like, there's a fucking spirit in there. Cryptid. Like, let alone hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, somebody seeing that and like not knowing what it was and being like, oh shit. Oh yeah. Um, so there's a lot of shit like that where it's like, okay, if you, as usual with the, the less fun theories. Yeah. If you look at all these different sightings, I guess the only ones I can't totally explain are like ones where people see like the creature, I don't know, further outside of the water and like thrashing around. I don't know right. how to explain that, but there is a lot of ones that do sound like, okay, that could be just a log floating or that could be some otters in a row. Um, something like that. But I don't know. I've always loved the lake monster, water monster idea. I don't know why I'd like, and I think they're particularly maybe because like water is so scary to me. Mm-hmm. I think that they're like ultra creepy, even having no like malevolence to them. Right. Cause they usually don't really like, they're usually just chilling. Um, I don't know. There's something about seeing a creature like that, just like bobbing up and down in the water and like swimming along. That makes me, I don't know, gives me like shivers for some reason. Oh yeah. No, I get that. I love it. Like, and like, sounds like a nice, nice dude, but yeah. Yeah. If you believe the, uh, the indigenous legends, then it's like a benevolent, like helpful, like sacred creature. Yeah. That's what I want to believe. I'd still be super scared if I saw it. Yeah. I know. I would like to think that's definitely my, yeah, my fun theory is that there is, I don't know, I guess either there is more of like a spirit that exists there that is taking care of the lake, or maybe there is a physical creature that is doing the same. That's just kind of like chilling and like, that's just his lake and he's just hanging and protecting people. But yeah, could just be, could just be a whole bunch of otters. Hmm. I don't I don't want to think that. No. And I yeah, I still find it hard to believe that like a group of 50 people could be watching a group of otters swim around and like nobody figured it out. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm still a big fan of the idea of it being like a leftover remnant of like a dinosaur species. Yeah. Either trapped in this little lake or yeah, like some kind of underground cavern that connects to the ocean. <sighs> And they're just kind of living in this, you know, it's their kind it's the way that like salmon return to spawn in like the river or whatever. They return to this lake to spawn or have their baby or whatever. And they go back into the ocean. Cause, you know, if it was a meteor that took out the dinosaurs and this animal happened to be deep under the water where it was unaffected by the air quality. It could have potentially survived the meteor hit and then survived a lot longer. And yeah, either been tra- yeah. trapped in this lake and where it survived or it's able to go out into the ocean to feed. I don't know. I like that theory. I don't know if I believe it, but I like it. Yeah. It's like a prehistoric whale that's now just chilling. And yeah, I like it. I like, I really would like to think that there's something out there. And now I feel like I wouldn't want to necessarily like changes my perspective on like, Oh, I would love to go there and look for it because now I'm like, oh, maybe not. But it would be cool to see if I happen to be there because I love, I don't know, I think water monsters are like one of my favorite types of cryptids because there's just something about it. It's just something, I don't know. It isn't entirely creepy. Like it's definitely, it's just for some reason they seem like the most mysterious to me. Like a lot of things underwater are like that where it's just like, we don't know that much about you because you live deep underwater and we can't necessarily just like go find you and catch you to study you like animals on land or seem much less mysterious but like an animal that lives in the water like that is like whoa whoa what are you up to we don't know they're just hiding down there yeah like there's a lot of sightings but not really like there could be years between a sighting and people are you know frequently at this lake it's like a popular lake where people live and travel and do things and go out on boats and like can still be years between anybody seeing it like what is it up to or they i don't know it they i don't know right but yeah i like it so 
yeah, I would like to think that these prehistoric whales have like just found their little niche and they're just happy there and hanging out. And yeah, they're being like revered as these protector creatures or spirits. And that's kind of cool. As well, they should. I like that. That's like the world that I want to live in. Right. Not like that exists. Awful, chaotic world that we actually live in. Yeah. Not the world where this cool, cool ass, like sacred sea creature or lake creature is just otters. I mean, otters are great, but. Oh yeah. No shade on otters. No, but there, there are actual otters in other places that I can go see. I want this to be a lake monster. Right. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. See, I had, I had heard of Ogopogo, but I had never delved into it or known about the sort of like indigenous people's perspective on it. Yeah. That's no, me either. Super cool. Yeah. I had like heard the name and I knew, I knew it was like a lake monster or a water monster, but I didn't know. I didn't even know that it was from Canada. So I was just like sweet lake monster so yeah that's that's our our you know finally doing a cryptid episode episode man and Ogopogo. yeah pretty solid turns out they are not very related at all but no not even the right part of canada <laughs> no no that's what, yeah when you said like oh pretty close i was like oh yeah and then i was like wait no it's super west super west nope it's okay it's okay it's still cool but yeah that was episode 69 definitely love to hear any of your listeners you know feedback any suggestions any corrections of pronunciations or if you've seen either of these creatures i'm sure some of you live in canada some of you probably live in michigan so yeah let us know you know is that a cool thing where you live or or not um but yeah tell us what you want to hear please want to hear from you talk to us all right. Well, this was episode 69 of Unknowable. Unknowable. <laughs> Love you.